Mike Rice. Yes. Welcome to the studio. Thanks, lad. Dude, thanks for being a guest on the show. Oh, welcome. I mean, this is the first time we've ever met. That's right. Yeah. We're going to test that theory about do comedians really get on just because they do comedy. Yeah. Yeah. This could be it could be a great um, case study as to why that's bullshit, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe you end up fucking hating me after 10 seconds. Yeah. 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 How's the tour going? Uh, the tour is going grand. You know, it's like the on the show side of things. It's great. All the the rooms are full. Um, do you know what it is? It's it's um it's a thing I have to remind myself sometimes to be uh grateful for what's happening. You know, because I'm I, I'm doing full rooms every night of like a hundred people more getting to run forty five minutes, um, which isn't uh normal. You know, um, but then sometimes you can just get bogged down in the the misery of the the travel mm. and uh and you know like you're in such close quarters like me and victor are uh traveling together all the time so we're just you know on top of each other um so you know like you do like end up kind of like you know there are moments where you just want to, to kill i want to kill him yeah you know do you share a room yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah because the whole thing is like you know we're, we're trying to to make money yep so you're kind of doing this like uh fucking uh can i curse on this please do yeah cunt um i just get that out of there um that wasn't directed at you but you know so we're doing this um this intense period of time and you want to just like it's like if you were in australia you know they go down the mines they do a thing called a suicide swing which is where guys just go working seven days a week down the mines 14 hours a day and then they just fucking come out uh at the end of that and they just have a shitload of money um now this is sounding like i'm some sort of you know uh foot to the floor capitalist here but uh but anyway my point is uh with the shows we're trying to keep fucking costs down yep you know you know live like uh you know paupers go from city to city take the money out of scandinavia just luchy bastards bring it back <laughs> to our house and you know be able to afford to do cocaine for a month you yeah. know what i mean yeah that's that's living the dream bro yeah that's the that's the kind of idea so the tour is the tour is is going well but i just have a i think i have a natural as i think maybe many comedians do i have a natural propensity to focus on negatives of things so i'm still complaining a lot well that's where you find a lot of the humor yeah right that's where yeah. you're like oh this is something that I fucking annoys me uh what, what am i looking at here that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. And I spoke to Victor about this and like he said that the, 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 the tour is going really well. And like, you know, is it a financial success from your side? Yes. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is like Victor's kind of like my handler, my sugar daddy. Uh, you know, I, I was going to say lover there, but he won't put out. Mm. But um, very prudish, prude, individual. Yeah. yeah, he's a prudish, but it's Romanian Christian Orthodoxy, and they're just you it's know what I mean? there. He's like, I'm not in the mood. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Anyway, because <laughs> he should be subservient to people who live further west. But anyway, I'm not going to even go into that. But uh, so uh, so I'll know at the end. That's basically how it works with me and him. Is like, oh, he's gonna like go through the costs, and that's so right. He's, oh, he's he's the he's the tour manager. In yeah. A way, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay. So he's he, was it him that set everything up, and then he said, he, "Hey, Mike, let's go." That's right. 
now it's been in the pipeline for a while, mm. right? So he tells me, right, these dates, we're gonna, we're, we're planning on doing this tour in Scandinavia. Are you free from these dates? And then he l- just logs it up with shows, whether it's two shows a night, one show per night. Um, he takes care of the accommodation, the flights, everything like that. Um, while we're on tour, he just has like basically a fucking company card. Yeah. We work off of that uh, for food and prostitutes that- and whatever else we end up <laughs> getting. Um, That's nice for you, though. Huh? That's nice for you. Like, you, you don't need to think about shit. You and just that- got to focus on the comedy and... Yeah, well, yeah, there, there is there is that element. It is very nice for me. It is great. And I am... It suits my nature. I'm quite a, like kind of, uh, I, I, I've, uh, it suits me to be kind of a dependent yeah. type of character. Like if I spent like a day with you even, I'd probably just start following you around and I'd order whatever you order in restaurants. I've kind of like this childlike quality to me. But Victor does like, we'll get on my ass about like, you know, because part of the promotion when we're going around is like we join every group in every city. So like. Yeah, I saw fucking, you guys in Aussies in Oslo. Yeah, in Aussies in Oslo. Now I don't, I, I don't want to get myself in trouble here, but I am not a native of Australia. And I can tell. So I entered that group under false pretenses. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> Are you in Australia living in Oslo? Yes, yes I am. You can, many I, years. You, you can identify as an Australian. I'll fucking can, mate. Just talk like that. <laughs> that's not, fucking racist. That's not bad. Right? Yeah, well, there's so uh, many Irish people living in, in Australia anyway. I mean, there's fucking heaps of you cunts. Well, that's right. Yeah, Australia is kind of... Um, uh the little escape has been historically a great escape for irish people it suits irish people australia you know you can just do dogged shit work that we love to do mm. go down to mines misery a lot of construction work a lot of construction. smashing down brick walls oh, smashing yeah. down brick walls the, the standard of women is much higher you know and people the thing is in ireland it's no good to be Irish. I'd go as far as to say it's of no advantage at all being Irish. Um, whereas outside of Ireland, um, that's, just, what, that's what happens. Just, yeah, yeah, people yeah. like us because of our, you know, because like we, we sound stupid and, um, you know, we've this little kind of like fucking lyrical accent. And so we punch way above our weight mm. with uh, women and stuff. See, the thing is in Norway, um, everyone's hot as is. Whereas in Ireland, everyone kind of is like, is that a person or is it a farm animal? A lot of the time. No, <laughs> I'm not trying to be down no. on my own people, but no, no. we are quite inbred and we we were voted the ugliest country in Europe. We were, but um, <laughs> by other European countries, they all said, listen, they look like shit. Um, now, luckily, <laughs> as we know, men... Um, are not as dependent on looks as women. So because we're so ugly, uh, evolutionary wise, we've had to develop good personalities, become good storytellers. That also uh, gets born out of like um, kind of oppression and being poor and stuff. People become entertaining because they've nothing else to entertain themselves except themselves. This is a, a theory I have anyway. But so that's um, why. So that's why you think Irish people are so have such good banter and have such good personalities because they're hideous. Um, and oppression and a few other things that you mentioned. I, yeah, I think a lot of it is like, well, if you didn't <laughs> tell a good story, you just look like a foot. You yep. know, like that's all you've got going for you. You look like a foot that's been infected. And so, yeah, we, we, we need, we have needed to become, to add value to ourselves by being uh, entertaining and fun. But I also think that that came from the fact that you know, we were colonized by the English um, for 800 years. Uh, we were occupied by the English and Irish Catholics were uh, 
seen as basically less than human, weren't allowed to vote, weren't allowed to own large pieces of land, blah, blah, blah. So we had nothing. The weather is miserable. We're poor. It's shit. So at that point, the only way, because you're not getting any joy in any material sense, because everything in your surrounding externally is just utter dog shit. So the only way that you can kind of find joy and happiness is by giving it to each other. So it's it's very, like you, you even notice now as you're traveling around different places in Europe, um, you know, people are not as friendly. In Ireland, if you're not friendly and you're not like good crack, crack is the word we have for it. And crack kind of just means like, good fun or you're up for a laugh or this kind of thing if you're not good cracker you're not friendly it's almost immoral mm. you know it's almost like if you if you meet someone and they're just like this kind of like you know reserved and just kind of cold exterior like we just think you're a cunt yeah you're you not know? fun to hang out with you're not fun to hang out with and you're not adding anything no and you're just and, there and Oxy you're, oxygen thief you're an oxygen thief yeah they're the worst yeah, yeah. and yeah. you should in inside of us we re, part of us do, does think you should be charged with some sort of social offense like, yeah we would love that if, if, if you went to jail just for being like shit crack is what we call it shit crack is just if you're it's not you don't even have to be funny necessarily but it's just to be open yeah to having a bit of fun just add some value and fucking smile you cunt <laughs> smile you shithead yeah. stop sucking joy out of people yeah you yeah. non-contributing fuck but i think that <laughs> that attitude is born out of is born out of um uh, poverty and shit situations whereby it's just it's important that we give each other that you know yeah 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 um, it's, and a, it's a gift it's like an energetic absolute. gift i'm here i'm going to make sure that you have a good time we're going to have a good vibe between us that's just, right i don't have anything else yes. i don't have no potatoes i nothing <laughs> so i'm just going to like provide you <laughs> with some uh, with a good experience yeah, Dude, I'm gonna take these fucking things off. Just, yeah, just for me. You, you you do whatever you want. No man, I'm a mirror. I'm gonna do what you do. Yeah, so. just the like that crackling was like doing my head in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah, you know my granddad's Irish. Wow. Yeah, I actually have an Irish passport. Fucking nice. Yeah, dude. That's how I got into Europe. That's yeah. how I could be in Norway. Just fucking flash that thing, get in, no problem. That's yeah. excellent. So where are you from originally? I'm from Sydney. Oh, you're from Sydney. Yeah, I'm from ah, Sydney. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. Because I, I, I could. Do you know what's funny? I, I could um, sense like the accent is kind of Aussie, but I've met Norwegian people here who just they assume different mm. accents. Like so there's a Norwegian person with an English accent with this accent, and I'm like, oh, you're born in England. They're like, no, I'm just Norway. But they just kind of pick. Dude, Sometimes, I, which one they want? I, I've, I've, <laughs> I've, speak English I've run into people who are Norwegian, and they sound more Australian than me. And I, I probably lost my accent, but like they sound like they're fucking like Steve Owen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like really fucking Aussie, mate. Yeah, nice to meet you. G'day, yeah. where did you live, eh? Fucking right, mate. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good Australian accent. Uh, well, I see. I was in Perth um, for two years for two six-week periods doing uh, comedy festivals over there. Perfect. And um, they've got great these great festivals over there, and they're like really good money and uh different things but i remember uh myself and my friend uh john we so there's this old guy his name was colin slattery in perth and he just let us stay in his house because he's of irish descent like people it's this great thing and i i, I assume it travels with other nationalities but like 
like Irish uh, diaspora, like people of Irish descent that live abroad are just so unbelievably kind mm. to Irish people that are visiting. So he's all, just fucking stay in my fucking house, mate. He's all, you just stay here. We're like, well, we'll pay you. He's all, no, fucking why, mate? Yeah, You're good. fucking one of us. Like there was one point he's like, you guys are my sons. You go, and we're like, well, take it easy there now. Yeah, that's a bit much, You know, mate, relax. you've gone a bit much, but yeah, um, yeah. listen, I'll blow you either way. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I remember the first, like, the first time I met him, because, yeah. you know, there is, like, I think Perth particularly is seen in Australia, you can tell me what you think, but as more of a regressive part of Australia, as in, like, that. It's a bit more backwards. A bit more uh, backwards and, yeah. and whatever, and I, I could say probably in my experience that was, uh true but um like even colin now he's very um very like masculine like fucking fucking nice one fucking my fuck <laughs> women kitchen sandwich done right <laughs> uh you know what i mean yeah, like that yeah, kind of thing and uh, when me and uh my friend john first met him we'd never met him before and uh we went over there for a like a barbecue and um we arrived over and yes guys come in you fucking cunts right just cause this cunts after 30 seconds now uh luckily we're irish so we like that you know we are like be our new father you know and uh so next thing he goes uh he goes he goes what's your phone from the barbecue you can't and uh <laughs> and, I, and i understand even as i'm doing this australian accent doing australian i'm sure this is annoying but um uh, but, keep going. But, but anyway he goes what you want from the barbecue you can't and my friend john is uh he's a pescatarian he only eats fish and vegetables right so he says no he says uh colin i actually i don't eat meat i only eat fish and vegetables i swear to god <laughs> It would have been better if he had taken a shit in that man's child's mouth. Like, that's the look the guy's face. He just went, fucking what? <laughs> and then John goes, I, I only fish and vegetables. He looked him straight in the eye and he just goes, you fucking fish fucker. Right? <laughs> Call him a fish fucker. Because <laughs> yeah. in his, like, warped Aussie mind, he thinks if you don't eat meat, you must be, like, romancing trout or something, right? So, uh, my friend John's a kind of shy guy. So he's like, no, no. He's trying to defend himself. He's like, no, I've never fucked with it. He's like, John, I don't think he means you're actually shagging salmon, you know? And then the guy goes, "Daddy's what I fucking mind, right? He's like, he's up to his nuts and fish cuts the fuck up. He's out of his mind. Then he turned to me. He's like, he's like, what's your story, Mike? I was like, Colin, I've never even taken a fish for a cup of coffee, you know? He's like, I fucking like you, Mike. I was like, good, yeah. Um, but there is that like uh, Especially you know. out in Perth It's very masculine With all the mines And people are like Fucking d Digging diamonds With big fucking tractors And shit yeah. like that You know yeah. what I mean Like Oh yeah It's yeah, the yeah. wild west still Like Australia And in Sydney And Melbourne We like try Tend to think of ourselves As a little bit more cultured A little bit more refined You know yeah. We'll spend fucking 20 bucks on a cup of coffee That's right But in Perth You're like Nah those cunts You know They're still doing it Like they did 100 years ago Well yeah There is that There is that agricultural element to people and i don't know why that is that there there is something maybe it's because when you're spending a lot of time outside and you're lifting shit or you're you know you're in a, an industry maybe that's dominated by men so mm. it's just other men around that that breeds a certain kind of testosterone filled um outlook yeah definitely right um i mean you, you'd get that more than sitting like inside with a bunch of designers working on photoshop right exactly yeah. there, there, there is yeah that's true there yeah. is something about that and even that you're moving your body like chemically did, um, it, did it did it did it infect you did you start like all of a sudden like adapting like what was his name colin colin the, he must have left some kind of impression like oh yeah no i hate aborigines now i'll be honest with you um <laughs> just every living moment of my life i'm not even there and i'm just like what the fuck are the abos up to um <laughs> no uh you know 
I'm I'm interested in in, in that way. I think I am quite um, like I view myself uh, as a, a good person, and most of my um, views, if not all of them, are just like liberal and love and everyone and everything. But I can become infected by charismatic energy, you know. Like I think everybody can. Yeah, like yeah. If, if someone gives a point up, like even somebody's fucking. You know, guys that are big online, like, uh, you know, like an Andrew Tate or a Jordan Peterson. If I look at one of their videos and like immediately, after, like just somewhere in me, they will have captured me. Yeah, you women shouldn't be allowed to drink soup or whatever. You know, like uh, I, I'm easily caught up yeah. in things. But then as I go away and like, you know, think about me quite, it's like, all right, that is ridiculous. But, you know, like I know back in like in, you know, in Nazi Germany, like if I was there, no doubt absolutely i would have been a nazi i mean i'm a nazi now and it's not even cool so uh you know what i mean yeah, so back yeah, then yeah. i would have been really you fucking all in bro Let's go. yeah give me the uniform yeah uh so yeah i have that that's just part of my uh personality is like that's something i have to watch i don't know you like that like um, I, I i get absorbed into the culture around me but yes. i try to apply a critical perspective on everything yeah from my own experience but i think that's only something that i've developed better and better and better as i've gotten older yeah. you know you start seeing enough stuff you go oh, that's bullshit did they really have weapons of mass destruction everybody thought they did i fell for it no they didn't right and then the whole COVID thing and all that kind of stuff what's like, the story what's what do you think about the COVID thing are you skeptical yeah yeah oh, of course but, yeah. but but to what degree or to what or who do you think do you think it's a mass manipulation? What do you think is... Definitely it's a mass manipulation. Okay. Yeah. So To, to what end? To, my view is that it probably has something to do with China taking over the world. Right. Right? Because it just seems like bullshit that the fucking Wuhan lab was so close to the wet market. Like, obviously, it leaked out from the lab. Right. right? That's what I think. Yes. And then I think it probably had something to do with the, the government getting changed in America. Because I don't know whether you remember this, but Donald Trump was very anti-Chinese um, taking over. Like uh, he wanted to reform the trade agreements and all yeah, that yeah, stuff I remember, like that. I remember, yeah. And he wanted to like get Huawei out, and he was talking about banning TikTok, and yeah. and then like okay, let's. Then he ended up losing the election, and then you know things ended up looking a lot better for people making money. You yeah, know, like I think like Chinese power probably increased because everything gets produced in China and so much stuff is not getting produced in America. And that was one of the things that he wanted to do, like yeah. have more American made stuff. And then I bet there's just a lot of shit going on that we don't understand. And I didn't buy the vaccine stuff either. Yeah, uh, that was a big red flag for me. Like all of the vaccines and like they weren't testing them and then people got the vaccines and everybody that got the vaccine still got fucking infected. Yeah, that, that was weird. And I'm going, what? How, how does that work? Yeah, well, I, what I find interesting about it. So like, again, in, in, in the, those kind of situations, like I, I got one, I got one Johnson Johnson vaccine. I never got the booster or anything. I did. I just did what I had to do um, to, 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 travel. to travel. Exactly. Right. And that was not the right reason why you should get the vaccine. Yeah, you should have got the vaccine because it was going to protect you against infection. That's and right. If that was the main motivator. You'd have been like, yeah, cool. But the fact that they used all of these carrots to dangle in front of you, travel, getting into sporting events, all this sort this of shit. This girl will fuck you. She loves va vaccines. Turn her on. She, she wants vaccine jizz. Yeah, That's yeah. what she wants. <laughs> Vaccinated jizz. Please give it to me. Yeah. So then that became the motivator. Yeah. It's a, it is a funny one because I'm, on stuff like that, I just like in my mind, I was like, right, what do I have to do so that I can just live my life the way uh, I want to live it? Um, 
but there was what was interesting about it is that how they stigmatized vac- vaccine skepticism. That was you know? that was major. You know, because like I I myself didn't even like go down rabbit holes into it. I was just like, right, what do I have to fucking do? I because I just accepted my mind. I'm too stupid. I'm not going to fucking figure it out. I'm going to listen to some people who seem to know what they're talking about. Um, but then there was all these other people who also knew what they were talking about, who were saying completely opposite. There was very qualified people saying this isn't right, you mm. know? And then at that point, all I'm doing is, okay, what can I get away with? Yeah. What do I fucking need to do for me to be able to eat and sleep and live uh, my life the way I want to? But the fact that, like, when it becomes a thing of, like, if you question it, you're bad. Yeah. That's... Wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Point the finger. Right. Yeah. Burn them at the stake. Like, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Then you're like, whoa. That, that, witch, hunt hey. men, that witch hunt mentality became yeah. so prevalent. And mm. it became, like, a us against them. And you have a different opinion to the mainstream narrative. Yes. And it was different to what I did with my body. Then fuck you. Why are you on that other team? Yeah. And you couldn't even, like, dude, if you, like, even uh, commented, like, on a news article about skepticism towards taking the vaccine, so many people jumped on slot. Like, they were just, comment, comment, comment. You don't know what you're talking about. You're trying to kill people. Oh, oh, like, do you want your grandma to die? Yeah. Remember all that shit? And maybe I do. And that's none of your business. <laughs> no, exactly. She's a bitch. She, her stories are boring. You can't <laughs> make me want her to live as well. If yeah. I want her to die, that's my business. But also, I, I know exactly what um, uh, you're talking about. And... That was a t- and and the term as well, the term anti-vaxxer became synonymous with like fucking you know red pill fucking you know QAnon blah 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 exactly. So, so what they did is they lumped in having an anti-vaccine stance with being kind of a right-wing conspiracy not fucking bro crypto you know like yeah they, they got all of them under that did. one term they did, all yeah. of the things that were like could possibly colored with a, a darker stupidic nuance that's right go, that's yes you. you're one of those dumb fucks you're one of those and then dumb in cunts. america it also got lumped in with donald trump and all that sort of shit which was like this huge fucking thing yeah uh, but you know the thing is that like that gets my like spider sense tingling is that when you have a look at like this game of taking over the world Mm. right you have a look at like countries that are trying to take over the world and america you could argue trying to take over the world militarily like after the second world war Mm -hmm. bases all around the world bases in norway bases here bases there yeah but then you have a look at china and the way that they're trying to take over the world is economically yes you know what i mean like they have all of these deals with african countries where they give them like money to build roads and highways and then if they default on the loans then they take that shit over and they're just like i don't know exactly what the grand plan is but it seems like a lot of dynasties or like powerhouses just want more control and more power like it feels like in the next few years we're gonna have to learn chinese in school yeah it's gonna be a nightmare i do i watched i watched this video of this Chinese girl saying how you say 10 different words and it was it's just so many different ways of yeah, saying yeah I can't I'm struggling with English yeah and Norwegian fuck learning Chinese I don't think I'm gonna manage that and well, you gotta learn how to code now too yeah no, no. <laughs> it's too much to learning I honestly think I'm dead serious I'm like I'm 31 now I think I will Unless I get like super rich, I think forty, I will kill myself. You know, yeah, and just yeah, get yeah. out. You got nine more good years. I've got nine more good years. I'm gonna yeah. come as much as I can, and then just fucking like over the cliffs of Moher in Ireland, just fucking. 
just do it fucking like live stream it or Dive straight over just fucking yeah bam. although i know like i say this imagine if you didn't get any views like uh, on you, my suicide uh, yeah 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 it was oh. just like your suicide was just like nah nobody's it, watching it didn't fuck yeah that would be that'd absolutely. be a bummer you'd just be like burning in hell going no oh, i should have used a better platform that's right and and it's a <laughs> do you know actually even the fucking the concept of hell man it, it's just uh now that you bring it <laughs> you up tell me i i i i never really um considered it uh like because okay so i come from a super catholic country but like well, say like the true, true belief mm. um, of if I do these sins, I will burn for eternity. Like, you know, when they used to make people like put their hands over the fire and be like, that's what's going to be like for life. Um, and people did have this genuine fear before. I don't know how long ago it was when it was actually that real belief in God. Because, you know, they have that like when Nietzsche said, like, uh, God is dead and blah, blah, blah. And he also said a very interesting thing, which I, um, he, he, when he was writing about that stuff, which is like that art will never be as good or beautiful once the belief in God is gone, because no one will ever be able to commit to things in the way that they did when they believed it was to like honor the fucking uh, omniscient fucking being in the sky. Like no one's going to like go up to a ceiling and have just paint dripping in their fucking eyeballs for six years like Michelangelo did because he's doing it for fucking God. Whereas yeah. like when we're just doing stuff for ourselves, it's 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 hard to do that much commitment or even like Mozart or all these classical fucking symphonies. Like no one has come up with anything as good since because a lot of it was this fucking like true, this like belief in the divine, right? Um, but at that time as well, people believed in the God, but also... If you believe that you're going to fucking burn in hell forever, um, like that is going to make you act in a particular fucking way, right? But I never understood like the, the concept of hell or the pain of it till I was like recently I was in this steam room and it was so fucking hot in the steam room. And after a while, I was like, I don't have to get out. And I was like, if I had to stay in this steam room for another like 10 minutes, like that and and then I imagine like if that was fire, mm. like actual fucking fire, like that level of just in in intense physical fucking torture forever, and you believe that, then yeah, you're not you're not gonna fuck anyone before marriage, you know? Yeah. You really wouldn't. Yeah. You bought into that fucking shit. Yeah, if you're brainwashed into believing it was hundred oh, percent true, you're like, man. how is that pussy really worth fucking? baking in hell forever oh and now we're just like yeah it is oh, there's just <laughs> yeah. some pussy well it's shaved you know now it's shaved <laughs> and you're like okay um but i i i also think like you know that thing where people are like well you know there's some emotional pains that are worse than physical pains i'm like no, i don't i think like there's yeah, nothing you've never broken your fucking ankle no yeah, yeah not yeah. at all yeah. are you you get your heart broken did she dump you yeah oh yeah how about you were in a wheelchair now absolutely oh, what's worse how i think about... you're gonna move on from the fucking heartbreak yeah how about a cartel cuts your cock off and puts it in your mouth you yeah. know what i mean that's pretty i, I think i could put up with a, a lot of emotional trauma to avoid that 100 <laughs> percent. it's just such horse it's just bro, the yeah. only people that are ever saying it are people who haven't gone through fucking horrific shit it's like when people say you know, you hear people saying that there's worse things than death. And it's just like, yeah, but you're saying that, but you've never died. You know, yeah. like, what on earth would you know about it? Yeah, you can't. You're not qualified to make that comment. Right. There's worse things than death. Yeah. Mm, I yeah. think that, that's Common kind of, yeah. From How about you die, person? come yeah. back, and then tell me. Yeah. Oh, you can't do that? Shut the fuck up. That's exactly right. It's like, <laughs> oh, but there's worse things than getting raped. Were you raped? No. Then, you know, 
Yeah. But you know, you said something about like, uh, was it Nietzsche that said like art without uh, belief isn't as strong or something? Well, it, yeah, his that was his take. Now, I'm I'm not saying that's an absolute <laughs> truth, he? but but he's saying like even if you think of the architecture or the the like, has anything been made that's as fucking good? Like in terms of like that just aesthetic beauty as the shit that was coming around during the the Renaissance or when people were dedicating it to. Um, this higher power i don't know Dude, i like i i can't i've seen for some, real i've seen some tiktok videos of some chicks doing squats in very tight <laughs> pants oh, that's pretty close bro oh man you know what i mean that's T- just appreciation of the female yeah. form you As, can keep your cathedrals oh i i'll be honest with you there is something <laughs> uh, there is something to what you're saying yeah like uh, man i was on um uh, so i moved to barcelona over the uh pandemic and I, I had never been to beaches in Spain before. And I, I just, I didn't know. I didn't know that they all had their, their boobies out. They all have their boobies out on the beach. Nice. And I remember being down at this beach in Barcelona and I was just lying down. And it's just, you don't even have to engage in perversion or kind of like covert, like kind of looking under your glasses. There's just a parade of mm. the most beautiful woman, women you've ever seen just wearing tongs. That's it. Just walking in and out your fucking eyeline. And like, ha- this is heaven. Mm. I-, I remember, and I was like drinking, and I was with this girl, this Irish girl, who I was having sex with at the time. And she was as impressed as I was. Like, I'd go for a nap. She'd wake me up to point at some tits. I was like, there's a team player. What a good girl. Like, oh, great girl. Good girl. Good what girl. a great girl. And like, she didn't, she's Catholic <laughs> as well. She didn't even have the, you know, um, the openness to allow herself to get her tits out. Um but I remember thinking, yeah, there is nothing better than more pleasing than this mm. aesthetically. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And unbelievable. that's natural. You don't need religion to appreciate the naked oh. female body to appreciate oh. two titties. Oh, but the titties, lads, growing up in Ireland, like literally the only time you would see boobies on a breach growing up is if like a dead body washed up, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, are there beaches in Ireland? Oh, there are, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But they but are. They must suck, right? They are miserable, mm. miserable places. Like, the water is freezing. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. So they're, like, they're just like, they are like, just like, it's Catholic beaches. Yeah. That's what they are. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? They're just for, to punish sinners, go to the beach in Ireland. Like, you're just, <laughs> like, the fucking cold. Like, the Atlantic, you're getting into the Atlantic. It's like, this is our holiday? Torture mm. is our holiday, but even our holidays in general, because we would go um, on holidays in Ireland. So from Ireland to Ireland. So it's just from a shit place to a worse place. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong. Ireland's like beautiful um, aesthetically. Like you look out the window, it's green and uh, all the rest of it. And if that floats your boat, you know, you're going to be hired as a rock. But uh, <laughs> like going on holidays there, like you're just it's raining. You're miserable. Like. Thank, there was no Instagram back then, but if there was, you know, you couldn't even make it look like you're having a good time. No. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Where in Ireland are you from? It's a place called Kilkenny. So it's like just kind of a, an agricultural spot. It's like down the southeast of Ireland. It's about an hour and a half from Dublin. Yeah. We'll okay. Have you been yeah. to Dublin? I have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I went to Ireland, I, I stayed with family. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure, your granddad's Irish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a family in Kerry. Ah, mm. lovely. Yeah, and Galway. 
Yeah. So I went to visit them. Do you understand people down in Kerry? It was, un- very, it was a challenge. It's I, challenge. I, I couldn't even understand my granddad. Yeah. And I saw him every fucking weekend. Yeah. And like, he lived in Australia for 50 years by the time I was born. And I was like, oh shit, I had to really tune into this motherfucker. He never lost the accent. I find it unbelievably impressive. I, I was just watching this podcast with um, Lex Friedman and this uh, lady from the northeast of England. She's from a mining town there. Um, but she's lived in America for like 30 years. She was like an advisor to George Bush, Obama, Trump on like Eurasia and like Russia and stuff like this. And um, and she just still had Northern English accent talking like that. And I was like, how? Like I was in America for two years and this is again, different personality types and maybe I just have a weak sense of self. But like after two years in America, I was just like, hey dude, what's going on, man? And I just keep... <laughs> where, where, were you living in California or something? No, I was living in Chicago, so it didn't even make sense. <laughs> oh, what I was doing? like, hey, Calvunga, dude. I was just... <laughs> Such a fucking loser. And I came back to Ireland then with that. No. Yeah. You imported it back home? Sounding like a fucking California surfer? Well, see, that's it. And you know... Irish people hate that. They don't like. They don't like you changing you doing, in any bro? way, shape, or yeah, form. Why do you sound different? Oh, they're, they're just like, what the fuck are you doing? Stop saying, dude. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, I thought it's awesome, man. They're like, shut <laughs> up, stop. And I'm like, you stop, dude. You're not being sick, dude. And it's just like, you know, I was just, uh, and I just got it, like in about a week, I got it, like you know, verbally bullied out of me again. But um, I see these people, like there's Irish people who've been living like that from fucking Kerry. He's lived in Australia 50 years. And who are you going? I'm from Kitty. Talking like that. You know, like they talk in this kind of barely graspable fucking kind of song. His mm. <laughs> song fucking speech. Yeah, yeah. It's you like know? that in Norway too with the song speech. Really? Yeah, you've probably noticed like with the way that Norwegians talk with the like the, the, the tone going up and down. It's it, very melodic. It is. But it's very yeah. hypnotizing as well. Like I've noticed like with like different... they could be fingering you without you knowing. Going, I'm like, what, what happened? Whose finger what is that? Hell? What are you doing? What? Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. All right, I just came in. I thought you were a gynecologist. Uh, but, uh, but like there is a very hypnotic flow about certain accents which really lend themselves to comedy. And I think that the yeah. Irish have it, and I think Norwegians have it as well. Like yes. when you're listening to like a good Norwegian fucking comedian just singing you the jokes, yeah, you're just hooked in. Like that melody is hypnotizing. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and it actually since then, and since uh, I had that kind of brush in America with losing my Irish accent, since then I have been on a mission to just like I'm very conscious of not losing it and even making it more pronounced in a way because then after that because i actually had a quite uh and i don't know if people have this just from where they're from but i had a quite a love-hate relationship with ireland when i was younger because i was like you know irishness just kind of fucking uh, annoyed me you mm. know like even like because we are very like i don't know we're a bit self-congratulatory in ireland like we're all we are all fucking delighted to be irish and we think we're we're unreal and now that may be just a general human condition thing that people are enamored with their own nationalities although you know you get like in england like you have a lot of people you know i was so sorry for what we did and so and i hate that as well as you too. you know it's like just be fucking proud you yeah, took over yeah. the world yeah, look yeah. at this shitty little island you took over the world stop <laughs> being, hey, i'm sorry we shouldn't have done that in india just <laughs> Stop being a weasel, you know. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't you. Don't take credit no, for that. Because you're, you're you're taking credit to say sorry. You're taking credit. Exactly. You didn't do fucking shit. You've would, been wanking yeah. in an attic for the last two years. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. Anyway, like so in Ireland, I remember. Uh, you know, I, I there was a time when I was younger that I just wanted to get away from it, the Irishness. Um, 
because uh, I was like, I felt felt a kind of oppressive, especially being from a rural place in Ireland. I felt like, uh, you know, because, and this is probably rural places everywhere, but, and this is why people leave small towns and why fucking Bruce Springsteen has a career fucking singing about it. But, uh, you know, I felt, you know, I couldn't be myself and I, I'd always wanted to do acting, shit like that. So um, did you feel you couldn't be yourself because the uh, amount of possibilities in the small town were so limited? Or was it a... There was that and then just anything you did that was different. People would be like, you're gay, you know? Oh, so it was that culture. There was that culture, yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, but I, and I think that was probably one that we, you would have probably found in places in Australia, places all over. It's just anything different... Mm is gay i mean people were very homophobic mm. back back then we kind of forget it now because it's like times have changed and it's just unfucking cool and rightly so uh to be homophobic but back then everything like you fucking you're drinking a capri sun you're gay you know in a certain way um, Dude, I, I, sorry I, I have a story about a friend of mine who was in perth actually yeah. and he was walking with a pair of purple shorts on <laughs> And some asshole in the car just stopped next to him and goes, your pants are fucking gay. <laughs> and then just drove off. And he's yeah. like, well, I'm wearing purple shorts. Like, yeah. relax, dude. I, well, I had a similar experience when I was in Boston, actually, in 2011. And Boston is just full of fucking um, second or first generation Irish people. Yeah. You know, but they become more Irish. They're all just wearing t-shirts with shamrocks, like fucking window lickers. <laughs> um, so they're all just wandering around. And, uh, and I remember me and my friends, we were walking down the street and we we're wearing these shorts that are they're GAA shorts, which is Ireland's na national sports, but but they're shorter shorts than like regular sports I know shorts. What you mean. I know so what they're kind of short shorts yeah. in a little way. Uh, we don't like to look at them like they're hot pants or anything. That would upset the players. But so we're walking down in these shorts and these guys just fucking drove by and they were just like, faggots, you know? <laughs> yeah, and they just yeah. fucking drove on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That uh, was so normal then. Huh? That was normal. That's like, that's yeah. that normal attitude to saying like the word faggot or your oh, yeah. fucking shorts are gay. Yeah. That's just how it was. Yeah. Right. And, and and people like that there was also what was great as well. It was just this kind of like people would take on this juvenile uh attitude towards policing gayness mm. where they're just you know you know we haven't been hired by the state to do this but this they're, is kind of like, like the, a, they're like the avengers of homophobia that's right yeah there's like this we're making a citizen's arrest here you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, where they're yeah, just yeah. like faggot you know <laughs> yeah. um just kind of natural policing of it and then like we were all kind of looking at each other in our shorts and like oh maybe we are maybe we are facts we're a fags. What, are what are we doing we, <laughs> what are we doing here lads <laughs> let's get some well, let's, let's put some fucking well, what, what were you doing pants in, on and throw rocks at minorities you know <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get our street cred back. Why were you in America for two years? Well, so, um, well, the first time, this time I'm talking to you there about America, I was in Boston in 2011 on a J1, which is like a lot of Irish people do. It's um, it's when you're in college, you can go to America for the summer and work. You get a, a, a summer long visa. It's just whatever um, agreement they have between the governments. And then there's also a thing called a graduate visa. That's when you uh, qualify or get your degree or your qualification. You can go and work in America for a year yeah. afterwards. So that's when I lived there. I lived. That's when I lived in Chicago for two years. Were you, um, do, were you doing comedy then? Yeah. So that's oh, why wow. I. That's why I went. Um, you went for comedy. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Damn. And how was the Chicago scene in 2011? Um, no. So 2011 was Boston. Um, I went to Chicago in 2015. Yeah. Okay. So um, it was. Uh, so I went actually. So I was doing at the time. I had just kind of started stand up. I had done a couple of gigs and, and I'd been doing improv for about a year. I'd done year classes and Chicago is like the fucking 
improv capital of the world. Yeah. It's like um, Second City. There's the Improv Olympic. Like um, every, almost every like great sketch actor you can think of went through there. Um, like Chris Farley, Mike Myers, all these guys. Um, so in my head, that's why I went there. Also, there's a great open mic stand-up scene and uh, great kind of independent stand-up comedy scene there. Uh, so that's what I did. I went there with the just sole objective of just doing comedy every single night um, for a year. And I did it. I started taking classes in this place, the Improv Olympic, like doing improv classes. But I got to about three levels of that. And then I was like, ah, fuck this improv stuff. Like, I liked it. Like, when improv goes well, improv's unbelievable. Like, it's like, and if you see the best improvisers in the world improvising, I think it's better than stand-up. Like, it's it's funnier because you see people working together. It's so quick, the acting. Like, it's just amazing. But 99% of it is such utter, scoury dog shit. Um, it's unbelievable. Like, when you reach the top, amazing, but most of it's bad. And I remember I got in this, uh, like, an improv team. Mm. And the improv team... They just, they stunk so bad. And I was in it, but they're so nice. And all improv people, they're so nice and supportive. Sickeningly so. Almost a rejection of the reality of the world. But they're so nice. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly you, what you mean. You know those yeah, people yeah. when when they, I, I, it's something I really can't stand with people when they just deny reality. When you're like, ah, that was bad. They're like, no, it's great. No. Like, you know when you come off save and you, and, and you bomb? Mm. Like if you bombed and you come off and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. I bombed it. They're like, no, you killed it. And you're like, fuck off. I was there. What Do you think I'm just going to be like, oh, actually, I didn't really. You know, I was there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't. Uh, you can't deny the, re the, the, the. You can't deny the object, object, objective reality of what happens. That's right. But in improv, maybe they do. Well, well, no, they do. They, but it's all about just this like supportiveness. But but it's with a lack. A lot of times it's with a lack of critical thinking. Yeah, that, that, that's what it becomes a problem. Because yeah. you're not objectively trying to get better by analyzing things that went wrong. Right. You're just, oh, no, it was great. There's uh, the funnies in the failure or whatever. The, uh, all these other catchphrases that they have. That's absolutely right. And and they're, they're, it's just becomes this kind of like circle jerk of like positivity. But anyway, um. So I was in this team team with these people, and they were so nice. They baked me a cake. I remember on my birthday and everything. And but I just I had to lie to them. Actually, I told them because I couldn't just tell them the truth. I felt too bad because mm. they were so fucking like nice to me. Like you're the best, Mike. We're gonna like they baked me a cake. I, they had like a little fucking. They put a little Irish flag on the cake, it's like for your birthday. So like I told them like that I was getting deported. Mm. Um, and that's, that's how you got out of the team. That's how I got out. I, honest to God, I told them that I was leaving, and then like. You know, a few months later, I'd be walking down the street. And they'd like, see me. they'd be like, Mike, and I'd be like, I, I you know, just like, <laughs> were you still here? I got to fucking go, guys. You know. And then you just focused on comedy. I just stand up, and I just did stand up uh, every night, every night for. It ended up being two years because I was there a year, and then I got what's known as a, a holiday visa. So you, I got six month extension to like travel America. And then I got another six-month extension to Travel America. I wasn't traveling America. I was working in a place called uh, Whirly Ball, uh, which is bowling alley, quasar, laser tag and stuff. I was doing that about three days a week for money. And then I was just doing fucking open mics every night. And uh, and it was just an unbelievable, like, boot camp and start to stand up because it, like, taught me um, just how to fucking write jokes and tag stuff. And just, like, you know, especially there, I mean, the competition is so intense and it's, like, it's an American art form. The, the standard is just so high 
in terms of um like writing and just laughs per minute uh, specifically that, that, i think that's such an important concept yeah laughs per minute you got to keep the train moving yeah but like it's like sometimes people come up and they're, they'll be like oh that went great i killed and it's like no you didn't no you know you you your bits worked but your bits aren't written structurally to get enough laughs per minute so even if your bit goes as well as it can go you've got you know two laughs in a minute or you do a 90 second setup for two big laughs and that's just not enough what's your ratio when you're writing a joke do you have a laughs per minute you're trying to hit a certain amount yeah yeah what is that well so it depends on how long the setup takes but you want as little time um in between uh like obviously you want as many laughs as you can Mm. but sometimes a longer setup can be worth it like if it's a 40 second setup or a 50 second setup it's worth it if you're gonna have seven laughs in a row on the end Mm. you know so like the the way my mind works on bits is like uh, particularly um as a writing exercise if i get a bit that works and it's got okay we've got two laughs here on this bit um instead of being like okay well let's see what other bits i can write i'll be like how can i make this two laughs into seven laughs eight laughs because particularly one of the best ways i think to like gain material is like working on bits you already have that work yeah because the because the the audience already agree that this is funny and this is a funny premise so now you're inside this world that they agree is funny so now you can start and then what if this happened and what if this then you can throw in hypotheticals then you can take it from this angle and just really fucking make your bits like dense as fuck Mm. so then instead of having a bit that's uh two minutes long you can make that you can make that into seven minutes you know um and that's the way i i would think about it okay so you're just um are you like just adding tags and different perspectives and and mining into the premise and just what else can we get that's right and act outs and the act outs um yeah hypotheticals what how would this be seen from another perspective or this or that um and sometimes you can go overkill on these things as well and it's like yeah you should just ended it back there um and you can tinker too much but in general yeah it's like uh you know especially if you're like if you're trying to build a lot of material like you know so i'll be going to edinburgh next august and i want a new show for then mm. you know you want to fucking milk stuff and it's like and then using everything that mm. you have in your um arsenal in yeah. terms of like can you do voices can you do act outs can you um you know do make laughs through repetition like jokes one liner like there's so many ways like physical you can get you can add in tags that are just looks yeah. that are just the way you move your face the way you move your body um the way you know going from high to low with your voice like absolutely everything i mean that's the great thing about stand-up comedy is that it's just um and i heard like seinfeld saying this once but it's just never ending the amount that like how much you can get better and it's just a never-ending puzzle as to you know because it's just there's, there's the 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 timing the content um you know it's the reading the audience it's the working off the timing of the audience it's your voice it's your body it's your fucking it's your confidence people feel it i mean that's the amazing thing is like if you if you're on stage and you feel any bit of anxiety or weakness like they're just like the audience are like fucking dogs you know they tune into it they just 
Yeah. They smell it. Yeah. They fucking smell it. Yeah, they, they smell like it, it on you. They don't oh nah, no. Nah, nah, nah. nah. Because they didn't they didn't fucking come here to 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 to, to be worried. Nah. You know? And they and they resent it if they have to be. It's like, you know, it's like they don't it's like that. Uh, old thing and it's not my line but like they don't want uh, uh, a pilot to come on and be like hey I might land the plane yeah right yeah 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 they want you to come on and be like I'm landing the fucking plane yeah 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 you know yeah I think that's so important I think that's a really good way of saying it as well because a lot of the times when you see like a good comedian who's going on stage they're like I got this I got this absolutely I, I, I got this I've done this before. You guys are in good hands. And then yeah. even if like if you're in a lineup and maybe the comedian before you or the host isn't really crushing it yeah Okay, not the ideal circumstances for you to perform, but if you go in there with that confidence, like I know that we're gonna go on a journey together and I've taken this journey many, many, many times. That's and right. I'm a fucking frequent flyer and all aboard motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and and they and you can you really can and I've seen it done, you can switch a gig instantly with mm. your energy. Like the the crowd can be like, uh, and then depending on the your first few seconds on stage, you can really let them know just like right this is a difference this is a different thing you're about to see here and they just sense it and they're just you know mm. and they're just in on it and it can happen that quick yeah you can switch a gig with just your fucking energy posture attitude everything um and they just feel it emanating out of you you know and it's the same thing and that's why it's like important like last night we had to fucking we did this gig in oslo and we had to do like an hour and a half of fucking moving chairs down and shit yeah um for this gig despite the fact we're paying unbelievable rent in this place um so then you don't get you know i i, I believe you just need a bit of time before you go on to just to to, to be focused you know hmm. um i think focus is a to me is one of the most important aspects of it is like to go on like you can't be like you know like just on your fucking like duh, 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 duh. oh am i up and then you're like you know duh, duh. you know because your mind is full of fucking gunk like you just need those few minutes to be like okay what's the first thing i'm gonna say what's the is there a joke i could make about uh the room mm. or something that really puts me right fucking here mm. or a joke to be made about something someone else said mm. and just really fucking be dialed in yeah be dialed in and put yourself to the audience put yourself in there right here right now yeah he's right here right now yeah he's with us you know yeah um and that's why I uh, like I I went through a time where I'd be on my fucking phone before gigs. And I remember once I was like, I just have to turn this like an hour before the gig, just like turn it off, yeah, and just like off, yeah, like that. I can't be, you know. And it's the same because we're addicts with our phone. It's like it's just like I'd like to think I could have my phone on and just in my pocket, and I won't be fucking looking at. It, but I will. It's like if you're a a heroin addict and you have to go do front it's like right put the heroin away you can't just have it there and be like i won't touch it you will touch it yeah. you know um but i i can't look at my phone before i'm on stage because i could i get messages from so many people about stupid shit yeah and it's like were you picking up your son tomorrow at three i'm like i can't fucking think about what i'm gonna do tomorrow at three like yeah. i need to be like really 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 paying attention to yeah like what's happening how i'm feeling like sometimes if you're tired you're like okay i gotta psych myself up and just make sure that i'm where where the show needs to go mm. yeah do you find in general with like your phone like i i'm one of those people now and i don't know if i'll do it because I, I don't know if i can practically do it because even like like when victor's on stage i i take pictures of him and videos because it's for the promotion and stuff but in general life like my f like 
I, I'm really overwhelmed with my fucking phone. Like, like that, like what you're saying, like just so many messages from people. You're so contactable mm. with fucking WhatsApp and these other things. Mm. And I feel violated a lot of the time. Like, it's just like your message. I hate that you can fucking message me, even mm. on Instagram or anything. It's like everyone has fucking access to you, you know? And it just, it can just really, um, uh, dominate my headspace or really just fucking hijack yeah. um, my mental attention to the point where it's like, I mean, it's bad for creativity. Like it's, you know. I, I never start the day by looking at my phone. Never. What do you do? I, I start the day by thinking of what my objectives are for that day. Right. And I have a list of things that I usually wrote the night before and then I'll consult the list. Okay, this okay. is what I need to do. And I'm going to be on the offensive. I got to take care of this, 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 and I'm going to do this. And then I'll be like, okay, a little bit later on, I'll have time to be reactionary. So I always want to start the day from a proactionary standpoint so that I accomplish the goals that I set for myself the night before. And I found that when I start checking my phone and reading emails and things like that, then I start getting dragged into somebody else's wish list. I start getting dragged into what other people want me to do with my day. And then that ends up being so stifling that sometimes I don't accomplish the things that I was set out to do because I'm reacting instead of being proactive. Okay, so how do you how do you achieve that? Do you, do you put your phone in a different room? Do you like... Uh, in the morning? Yeah, or, or you know, like, because... I, I go for a walk. Okay. Yeah, so I, I sometimes I have my phone in my room. A lot of the times I have it in another room uh, for when I'm sleeping, and then I'll wake up and I'll be like, okay, cool. And then uh, what I usually like to do is... Uh, just leave the house and go for a walk around the block. Is that because I I was doing that for a while as well, and I thought it was great. And on tour, it's a funny thing because all discipline kind of seems to dissolve a little bit. Yeah. Um, in terms of everything, you know, like food and uh, health and stuff. But I I listened to that on this Andrew Huberman podcast. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, but he was saying that like it's like one of the most important things you can do is to just as soon as you get up, like get fucking daylight hitting your fucking pupils. Mm. Um, and it like all activates all these fucking mad places in your brain, and you're just like, you know, it's it's just incredibly beneficial. And I I did that for ages as well. Just get up and go for a walk at that. And uh, I thought it was unbelievable. Like it's, it's so good, right? Like yeah. walking is so good for the soul. Yeah. And like all the other biological uh, positive benefits of like the sunlight on as much exposed skin as possible. Yeah. Amazing. But just to have that headspace and make mm. a plan for what I'm going to do with my day, which is a fucking five, 10 minute walk. It's not yeah. really even long. And then I don't take my phone with me when I do that. So I, I look at my phone as like some fucking slave device. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like this compelling thing that just summons you to always look at it. And I'm like, I yeah. can't, I can't have that with me when I have uh, such little time to just be alone with my own thoughts. And the time in the morning is critical for me. Oh, yeah. Critical. And then what I'll also do is I'm not going to just constantly check my phone. Like I'm going to say, okay, now I'm going to check it like once every hour and I, I won't go into apps uh, or I'll say, okay, now I have like, I'm on a bus for like 20 minutes or something. N I'm not doing shit. N now I can like reply to people. But being constantly available is death for your own soul. And you can't do that. You just get torn in so many different directions. Right. So I have to like be really diligent and be really focused on it because like I've been through phases where I've had like 200 fucking pickups in a day. And I check my uh, screen time and stuff like that. And sometimes it's bad. And I go, ah, oh, 
That's too bad. 200 pickups. Is that you picked up your phone yeah, 200 yeah, yeah. times? Yes. And that's crazy. Does it fucking log that shit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It logs wow. it. Wow. Yeah. So, like, I'll go through phases where I'm more, um, like, addictive to the phone. And then I go, oh, I'm getting too addictive to the phone. I yeah. Gotta, like, be really conscious. Because it just draws you in. It's so addictive. But as well, there's a fucking filthy feeling with it. Like, it's, like, because it's, it's non-consensual. Like, as in... You know, obviously, look, we have to take responsibility for our, our uh, all our own actions, but um, but so much of it is playing on our subconscious, just like fuck. Because you know, if you turn your phone off, you just really realize how much you just go. Like, oh, 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 yeah, I turned it off. I don't want. I I don't want to use you. Mm. You know, you you little slut. Um, but uh, it's playing on. Like, I, I did. You watch that uh, film, The Social Dilemma? Yeah. That that like scared the living shit out of me. Yeah. Because when when you hear the guys who designed all this shit, they're so smart. Oh, they're geniuses. They're geniuses, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're telling you exactly what it's designed to do. It's it's designed to steal mm-hmm. your fucking attention, your life, your time. Yeah. And it's so unnourishing. It's like fucking McDonald's for the mind. It you is. Know? That's exactly what it is. It's just yeah. like. When you come off using, it's like, you know, after you meet McDonald's, it's like, num, num, yo, and then just like literally five minutes later, you're like, oh, why did I fucking put this shit in my body again? Yeah. You the, know, the worst is when you get caught in these infinite scroll loops. Yeah. And you're just sitting there like next, next, next. Oh, and they just pop up automatically and you're just watching them forever. And you go, fuck, I was supposed to send a text message to my yeah. mom. And now I've just been watching this shit for 30 minutes. What did I do? And I feel like I've been robbed. Yeah. I yeah, feel yeah. like I need a fucking, like I'm a fucking, you know, I've been molested. You know, I'm going into a shower and crying. It's like, oh, you know, I honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's dirty. It feels dirty as shit. Yeah. And I'm I'm just struggling with it. And I just need, I guess I just need to put in fucking procedures and practices like you're doing. I think so. You just um, got to have like a, a certain amount of time set to that. And yeah. then the rest of the time set to yourself. So are you doing like, like, what's your story? You're, you're doing, you're obviously, you're podcasting, you're doing comedy this is your place here. Mm. This is all your shit. Yeah, you yeah. employ these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's what's the what's the story? What's is this a company? Yeah, Are you... this, is, this is a company. Right. So I make uh, videos and do photos for brands and companies in Norway. That's how I earn cash. Yeah. So all this like cameras and stuff like that were all like uh, qualified filmmakers and photographers. Oh wow. Yeah, that's it. That's that's you're a filmmaker. Thing. Yeah, I'm a filmmaker. Ah. Yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, and then I just kind of like, uh, well, with, with me, I like doing new things with an infinite amount of uh, potential. Yeah. So like, I, I felt like I did very well in filming and things like that. And then I wanted to try something that scared me. And then I started to get into Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I did that for seven years now. And then I, I decided, how are you liking that? I love it. Oh, it's the best. Everyone seems to, it, it gets them rock hard. This was, my brother's doing it now. And exactly. sure, it, it's like, he can't, you're, you're like, you know, at dinner and you're like pasta pepper. And he's like, do you know about BJJ? And you're like, just give me the, you <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's like the veganism of the sports Absolutely. world. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You have to just tell everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. He's like telling my father, my father's like 70 year old family. My father's like, oh. my father doesn't like Anthony. That's different either. Mm. He's like, BJJ, you know, it just sounds gay to him. Yeah, you know, like yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that, like, everyone that does it is just, 
And I know, I because I want to start doing it too, and I know I'll be a nightmare once I start. Oh, you'll you know? love it. You'll yeah. fucking tell everybody. You'll I start will. fucking broadcasting it to hundreds of people a night. Absolutely. Like, uh, and the jokes are finished. Start jujitsu. <laughs> it changed my life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it will change your life. Will it? A hundred percent. But in what way? Like in what way are you? Has it changed like like mentally? Are yes. you just like yes? Yeah. Mentally, strategically, Ooh. physically. And emotionally, that that sounds gay as fuck. That and sounded really gay. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, it really will because you'll form <laughs> these like deep connections with your teammates and other people. And with jujitsu, you're in vulnerable situations all the time. Yeah, like you'll have some dude's fucking arms around your neck squeezing. Yeah, and then you've got to just trust him that when you tap, he's gonna stop. Yeah, and then when you do that, you form a connection with somebody who basically had your life in their hands. So you're developing these deep connections with other men who are trained killers. Right. And what it also does is it makes you dangerous like you yeah. become a weapon you're basically learning the art of murder that's yeah. literally what you're learning how to do when you strangle somebody you have the ability to end their life if you wanted to does that make you feel like god or anything yeah oh, dude i tell well i'm most of the one getting strangled so <laughs> it, it makes me it makes me feel like somebody at the mercy of god well you're like you're you're feeling both uh the the extreme power and then the extreme powerlessness exactly and, at the and, same and time the, and the part that changes my life personally yeah. is the powerlessness yeah because if i'm powerless in this situation okay i can fight and do everything i can but i'm still not able to get out of this bad spot and i have to tap and then it makes me think okay if you're like in a bad situation like on stage or in writing or with your phone or with something else you know you can understand that there's a pathway to you know uh, <laughs> overcoming those obstacles i just find it very funny the idea of just tapping on stage you yeah, know, yeah just, right yeah, but like, you see you see people tapping on stage oh yeah you yeah, see yeah. them tapping you see like this is the lion tamer and he lost the whip and the lions yeah. are going to eat him alive that's right and you see the soul break yeah. you see the soul yeah. break and you go oh you just mentally tapped to the crowd here you yeah. lost your mojo motherfucker that's right and you got to do everything you can to not just, do that just not do it and there's times where you just because it's like that you feel a strangle like if you're just you know they're not digging you and you feel a tightening of your chest and you just have to kind of go breathe and just don't let them see you yeah, yeah and then just turn and face them and just fucking Fuck you. You know, Fuck you, yeah. you motherfuckers. You motherfuckers. Yeah. But jujitsu ju helps you understand strategy. Right. And it helps you understand what kind of attributes you have. Mm. So like me, I'm 100 kilos, right? So if you had a look at like, a, I'm more like uh, the Hulk. Yeah. And I could go against somebody who's more like Spider-Man mm. or somebody who's more like Captain America. You know, like you have all of these different attributes that you recognize in yourself. And then you start realizing in a relationship, what attributes do I have that could make this relationship better? Or in a business situation, what are my personal attributes? Because those are the things that you have. And then you learn to understand and recognize them and then apply them in different situations. Ah, Yeah, so there's a whole fucking mental uh, like rhythm and gymnastics going on in your head. And you understand all of this because you're in different situations in jiu-jitsu. Wow. Yeah, it's actually amazing. I, you would love it. A comedian. I, it's. I, I know a bunch of comedians that train. And I. I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna get into it. See, I've been on the road now since July. I've been like, I live in London, but I've been just. I've been out of it. I've been there for two weeks. I think since like the twentieth of July, between traveling and different things. Um, which is good. I'm working a lot, but I've made a conscious decision. When I'm back now, I'm back on the eighteenth or something. Like I'm just not fucking traveling for a while. 
Good. Like as in like, you know, I'm just going to get, get rooted down. Yeah. You know, like when I'm there, you know, I'm in the gym, everything like that. But I want to get into, I want to get into fucking jujitsu. I want to start a podcast like properly like this shit, you know, like fucking I, I've done. I've had my own podcast before and different things. I still do one every week on uh, for a Patreon. Um, But like just get myself into these fucking good habits because it's tough if you're fucking if you're moving around all the time you know what i mean yeah you're on tour yeah how can you maintain like any kind of consistency do, do you find then since then the the, the mental health is, is 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 good on tour no for you in general yes like, yes yeah. yeah it is very good yeah very good because i'm doing things that I am passionate about and that mm. I'm inspired by and that I want to do. Like yeah. nobody's telling me to fuck it, you have to do this. Right. I, I'm just doing it because I want to do it. Like mm. nobody's telling you you have to go on tour or go on stage. Yeah. But you do it and you realize that this is the shit that I love and I'm fucking dedicating my time to it. And you know people that are dedicating their time to shit that they hate. And then you go, uh, yeah. oh, fuck that. I'm going to do the thing that I love. And then that puts you in a mental space, which is like really rewarding. You're like, I love doing this. I love just doing shit that I love doing. Yeah, it, it 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 life is simple when you put it in uh, terms like that, you know. But people get it in. It's amazing, even in their heads, like my the way my parents think and everything. And like I'm I I'm making uh decent money from comedy now, so they're fine. But like for the longest time, they're they're just like you you can't do that. Mm. You can't do that. Or people are you know because everyone is bought into these are the things you have to do. Yeah, and work is not supposed to be fun. Mm. right that's a terrible attitude yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. right but yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. like my father's attitude in life was like life is a miserable rotten slog and then you die <sighs> and he's that. milking cows every morning and evening his whole life and he hates milking cows now he does love being he loves being a farmer like he loves the community of it he loves owning fucking land he loves being you know he does feel he is better than most people and he gets a buzz out of that um but that's the that's the way a lot of people have thought but you can see what it does to some people like that were like when we were 18 there were, there was a spark and dry and they were fucking fun funny cunts and it's like 10 years on of them just doing job like just day in day out doing shit that does nothing for their soul and they actually like you meet them and they're a shadow of themselves now like yep. they're just not that person and it's just been fucking ground out of them like could you imagine you know? a worse existence than doing something that you hate with the best hours of your day yeah like eight hours from nine to five i yeah. fucking hate it but i have to do it because that's what i've been told to do ah all oh, right but it's I, life rape yeah just, it is your life is being pillaged it is and you. you have one of them and yeah. you have like today and you have tomorrow and who knows how long that goes on for yeah, the way I look at it, and I say to people, I just want to do what I want to do tomorrow. Yeah, that's it. I want to wake up and be able to do what I want to do. Mm. You know, and like obviously in life, there are things you have responsibilities, blah blah blah. And even sometimes you don't want to go for a run in the immediate, the experiential. Me might not want to right now, but the uh, now. Have you ever heard of this? I just heard someone say recently. I thought it was fucking great. Like that. There's kind of two versions of yourself: the narrative you and the experiential you. So. There's yeah. like, so the experiential you is just the you right now, like what, you know, I uh, the donuts, I want to eat them or, you know, I, I don't want to go to the gym or blah, blah, blah. And that's the want of right now. But there is a greater want from you of like the, the you that's not the mind or the you that's not just a slave to impulse and, you know, immediate gratification. And that you, which is more closer to the real you at the end of the day, that's you at the end of the day. What will I be happy that I've done? Exactly. And that's, I want to go for a run. I want to have not eaten that shit food. I wanted this. 
and that will that's the higher purpose you that's right yeah yeah yeah. no but that that makes perfect sense yeah yeah and i look at myself as a dog right i my body and my like you know that now this is what the dog wants yes but guess what yeah that's what i that's what i think of myself (laughs) i'm a i'm a dog and i have a dog owner and the dog owner needs the dog needs to run the dog needs to go outside (laughs) you know what i mean it's true yeah yeah, yeah. i love that and it, it just works for me and if i feel like the dog is in control then the dog is a glutton the dog is lazy yes. the dog just wants to stay inside the dog wants to play video games i was like no 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 the dog's no. just sitting there with leg hooked up sucking its own dick you exactly know? Yeah. and you can fall into that trap but you need to be the master of your own dog and that's the higher purpose you and then that's what leads to this fulfilling flourishing life that you look back on when you're 75 or 80 and you yeah. go i fucking did it <laughs> i went for it that's right i love that because then sometimes you, you have to give the dog a treat. You, you have know? to. Oh, fuck that. The dog needs Go a gram of coke. Or do, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. The dog wants to lick piss off the floor. He's and some been a good crawl. boy. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. boy. <laughs> yeah. You've been a good dog. That's doggy. right. Yeah, because oh, you've got to recognize that, that you're so, you need rewards, you need treats, but you got to work and it's got to be in balance. And That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would think of it like that with your body. Like, it's like, I, I have thought of that not in the that's a great way you've put it there but the analogy sometimes i think with my like body is like that it is like like it and when i see people who have let themselves get very out of shape it's like oh man it's like your dog your body needs to be taken for a run mm-hmm. and they, it's like someone who's just left his dog inside all the time and the dog now is just yeah dead in the eye and it's like you've let that happen to your to your body and you yeah, only got one yeah. you only you got know? one and you only got one life so that's right th- that's why i think it's really awesome that you and victor are yeah. doing this fucking european comedy tour and you're just doing night after night show after show crush yeah. crush crush mm. doing what you love that's yeah. so inspiring to me mm. you know what i mean you're fucking doing it like this yeah. is your life and you're doing what you want to do with it and it's fucking awesome it is great yeah I will say that it is great. Dude, I got to tell you, man, like, I just, I'm so fucking like, we did these uh, Norwegian tours and they were great. And uh, I'm definitely like not outgrown Norway again as a scene, but it would be a dream to do like a European tour. Well, and, and what, what, what it will do for you as well is, um, I was talking to one of your friends outside there, but he was like, oh yeah, he's like, um, I don't know how well I could do on an, is doing it in English because it's, you know, a lot of it's about my hometown in Norway. And it's like, yeah. You know, it's if you want to maximize your um time, if you're creating uh content or create writing comedy, you know, think about the bigger picture when you're because you don't want to spend three years writing an act that can only work in one fucking place. Mm. You know what I mean? The human condition is everywhere. Mm. You know, so like jealousy, hunger, having a father, having a mother, having a relationship, cheating, shitting, fucking whatever the fuck, stumbling and fucking, you know, impaling yourself uh, on a gate, whatever it is, these are all everywhere. Every There's so much in the universe of the human condition that happens everywhere to everyone that to, you know, to write or to put too much time into writing specifically, don't get me wrong, have your opener about the local city or about the thing that, that can smash and get you into the fucking set. But don't... You know, well, it's not that don't do whatever you want. Like, that's the thing. Do whatever you want. Maybe you have no aspirations to do comedy outside this place. But, you know, for yourself, um, if you want to broaden your horizons, just have a think of like, oh, okay, would this, if I went to London, would this work? Would people know what I'm talking about? If I went to fucking, you know, Berlin, 
blah 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 mm. and then just be like because a lot of times it, it there might only be little tweaks to make it universal or, or whatever but i think when people are writing especially now flights are cheap like with globalization everything you know you could be playing so many places there's so many scenes so don't fucking pigeonhole yourself with that stuff i think you know dude you nailed it mm. i think that's a good way to end the podcast yeah 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 Fuck, man. Hey, I just want to say I really enjoyed talking to you. Oh, you too, man. And it's it's it, I, one of the things I love about the podcast is a lot of the times the only t the first time I meet somebody is when we're just sitting here having a pretty fucking in-depth conversation about things that we know a lot about or that we don't know shit about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's a good, I think sometimes it's good. It's a good if you don't know the person in podcast terms because then it can actually just be a natural discovery. Yeah. With one another. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. Rather than trying to replay. <laughs> yeah, I can never replay a conversation. That's I, right. I feel like I'm just cheating myself. Yeah. Uh, hey, thanks for having me on, man. Dude, it was awesome. It. Good luck with the tour. I hope you guys fucking have many, many, many more adventures. And uh, it was really awesome meeting you. Yeah, All right. you too, man. Ladies and gentlemen, mwah!